Hello, this is the Irredeemable Shag, and you're listening to the Comics and Coffee Podcast. Shag, it's coffee and comics. What? What? Why would you have coffee before comics? Comics are so much more important. I don't think you're getting this. You're doing this wrong. I'm doing this wrong? Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the diet frozen yogurt bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Coffee and Comics Podcast. I'm your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robison. This time around, we're jumping to the far future with the Legion of Superheroes. But I'm not going it alone. Fresh from his stay in Tacron Galtos, arrested for trying to go back in time and serve as a crew member on the set of MASH, I have with me Rob I Ran Five Miles Kelly. Hello, Clinton. Who better to have a guest as a guest on when you're talking about the Legion of Superheroes than me? Yes, known Legion hater, Rob <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> the first 17 people Clinton asked to do the show were unavailable, so we finally got down to... Well, it was either you or the Legion of Substitute Heroes, and quite frankly, I think Chlorophyll Kid's busy with his own kids, so... Fair enough. <laughs> so how are you doing today, Rob? I'm doing just fine. Uh, I do need to warn you that I do not enjoy coffee in any way, so I hope that does not affect my performance on this episode. I don't think it will because I'm a professional, but I just feel the need to state that at, 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 the, at the top of the show, that I'm, I'm not a coffee drinker. Well, I don't know. I mean, that might be a strike against you, but... All right. I love the smell. Well, there We used to, we live at uh, my old... Uh, house that my parents still live in it was down the street from a melita coffee plant when they would cook the you know cook the grounds it smelled wonderful but never liked the taste so i apologize well i guess i can forgive you that one you're thank meeting you. me halfway so thank you thank you all righty so this time around we are looking at legion of superheroes number 306 and rob you actually asked to cover this issue is that correct I did. Uh, despite my fame as a Legion of Superheroes hater, um, when I was a kid, I bought three issues of the Legion comic, 304, 305, and 306, and they're great. They were great comics then. They're great comics now. I don't remember why I bought the three of them. Maybe another title that I previously bought was canceled and I had extra money or something. I have no idea. But I did buy them, and I thought they were great, and I still have them to this day. Why I didn't continue... Reading the Legion after 306, considering I liked all three issues, I don't remember. It's been lost to the mist of time. But uh, these three comics are still very good. And, and of the three, this one's my favorite, number 306. Okay, now just for the record, this is not a mountain comic, correct? No, these are. I bought these just, uh, uh, you know, like off the 7-Eleven stands at the time. I mean, one of them could have been in terms of the release dates, but I have no memory of buying them. Uh, up in the Poconos. I just think I bought them just regular, you know, in regular life. 
So, um, since it seems like you're real favorable toward the Legion, uh, <laughs> why do you why do you suddenly have huh, a um, let's, shall we say a reputation for not liking the Legion? I think that started over on the Who's Who podcast, where I would just mention that you know, the, the Legion characters were kind of my, like my least favorite, and then once a joke gets started with the whole gang that, that, that follows our shows and, and participates in our shows. The, the jokes just, you know, multiply on top of themselves. And it just became uh, a, a joke that Shag liked to repeat uh, because he's fairly simple-minded and he really doesn't, he really can't come up with a lot of new jokes on his own. So it just became a running joke that I hate the Legion and now it's grown to epic proportions where it follows me you know, in the conventions or like on Facebook or on Twitter, it's just like, oh, that's the guy that actually hates the Legion, which I don't. But, you know, they were definitely like my least favorite characters. And during the who's who, a lot of the characters, I was kind of like, Ugh, I don't, you know, validus or whatever. Come on. Uh, but but yeah, no, I don't hate the Legion all that much. But but you know, that's the rep I have at this point. You say the Legion are your least favorites, but the Omega men are everywhere. I like the Omega Men. I always, if, if you go back and listen to the tapes, I'm always defending the Omega Men during those Suzu episodes. It's Shag, the one who runs them down. I, I like the Omega Men, for the record. Okay, well, before this becomes another Who's Who episode, how would you like to give us a synopsis of issue 306? Absolutely. Uh, this is said, this is Legion number 306, cover dated December 1983. It was on sale. September 22nd, 1983. This story is titled Born Under a Lucky Star by Paul Levitz, Keith Giffen, Larry Malstedt, and guest artist Kurt Swan. The cover is, uh, it says, special spotlight on Starboy, and the cover is by Giffen and Malstedt. And it's just a really nice portrait of Starboy floating in space, and, you know, his uniform is that star pattern, and he's in front of a uh, outer space, so he kind of blends into the background. It's a really very striking cover. But anyway... Starboy and Wildfire are hanging out together, waiting out the election results for the new leader of the Legion of Superheroes. Dream Girl, Starboy's former girlfriend, is running against Ultra Boy, with the former most likely to win. Starboy's not happy about this, but has resigned himself to the outcome. While they wait, Starboy recounts his life story to Wildfire. Via flashbacks, we see him as a child and when his powers were discovered by his parents, which almost led to all of them dying in an accident. As a toddler and younger child, he was subjected to endless study by researchers, lending, leading to not much of a fun childhood. Eventually, Starboy's powers of flight and super strength uh, develop, which lead him, uh, led him to applying for membership in the Legion. More election results come in. Ultra Boy and Dream Girl are tied with a single useless write-in vote for Element Lad. Starboy continues his story about how he met Dream Girl for the first time and how he eventually fell for her. Later, a man named Ken's New Horror tried to kill Starboy out of jealousy because Dream Girl refused to marry him. In the resulting battle, Starboy killed Ken's, which led to Starboy's expulsion from the Legion. Waiting for him was Dream Girl, who enrolled them both in the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Their time in the subs was a big success, and when Earth finds itself surrounded by a cloud of kryptonite dust, Superboy and Supergirl resolve to leave the team. They named their own replacements two armored heroes named Sir Prize and Miss Tyrius. Sure, seriously. Later, when Cal and Kara returned to the team, Starboy and Dream Girl revealed their true identities, and they are accepted back to the team. The final election results come in, and in a surprise upset, Element Lad wins, even though he wasn't even running. Starboy is overjoyed, so much so he accidentally blasts the floating monitor that's been above them all this time. 
Starboy and Wildfire walk off with the former thinking maybe things are finally turning around for him. And that is the story. Well, let's pause right here so everybody can kind of uh, collect their thoughts on you actually talking about the Legion. I did make one crack during the whole time. No, you didn't. Okay, so we'll take a quick promo break, and we'll be right back with our thoughts on this. You are about to see the first public exhibition of an entirely new form of entertainment. You are about to see... You are about to see... Because you demanded it. It's Treasury Cast, a podcast devoted to the greatest comics format of all time, the Treasury Edition. DC, Marvel, Archie, IDW, and more, bigger than life. It's the Treasury Cast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, and on fireandwaterpodcast.com. Okay, and we're back. So, Rob, is it safe to say that you love this issue? Yeah, I, I think it's great. I didn't know that um, – I think I, – I, I'm pretty sure that when I bought this issue, I had no idea that, like, the Legion elected its team members this way, like, in an open election. And I always thought that was really cool. And so I like this this whole notion of um, that when they elect a new team, that it's sort of like everybody just sitting around waiting to see who wins. Like, that's a cool idea. And I like we, we get the election results with the scoreboard and like everybody's votes are open where we see the logos and it says who they vote for. So we see like the S shield come up, you know, and then it shows that Superboy voted for Dream Girl and it shows Colossal Boy voted for Element Lad and so and so votes for so and so. Like I just thought that was a really cool idea that the Legion was so, sort of diverse and vast that they had to have like these elections like that. I just thought that was a really cool concept. And, you know. It reminds everybody of the way we do it now, of like having election results and things like that. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a really cool idea, and of course this issue is was built mostly as a way for Keith Giffen to get caught up because he doesn't draw most of it. He only just draws the election stuff. All the flashbacks uh, to Starboy's past are by Kurt Swan, and I actually think that's a really great idea because they're flashing back. To an era when Kurt Swan was drawing the Legion strip. So it makes total sense to get Kurt Swan to do it. So uh, normally I'm not a big fan of like having somebody come in and do fill-ins, but this actually like thematically makes perfect sense that you're going all the way back to the old days of the Legion and you have it drawn by the guy that did the old days of the Legion while you're then flashing forward to the current day. I just think it's a like I Paul Levitz did a great job. This is a great issue. I have to agree with you. I mean the art's superb. I love the the voting scoreboard. I didn't realize that the votes were open, though. I thought they were a secret ballot, just like everything else. Starboy, I was pretty familiar with him before reading this issue, but I gotta say, I completely forgot that he had powers other than the the gravity powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty powerful. Like he's got a lot. His power set's pretty pretty vast. So I, I'm kind of thinking, I kind of want a Starboy wildfire buddy comedy. <laughs> I, you know, for 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 a story that, at least for half of it, is just two guys sitting around talking, uh, I think it's very entertaining. And I all do respect for Paul Levitz, who made it entertaining. You know, he, he made it 
what could just be a very talky scene to me kind of riveting. I mean, let, Giffen does a great job of visualizing it. Uh, I, th- I love the, the, that they're sitting kind of on this this platform where it's just space behind them. Like, I think the visuals look really great. And I love the lighting. Did you get the sense that it's I was about to say it's nighttime, but really can't tell because they're inside. But like, it, it seems like it's at night and they're having a drink like they seem like real people, even though wildfire is just a ball of energy in a costume. Um, they seem like two buddies just sitting around having a drink and it just it it grounds the Legion in a way that I don't think of them as being grounded. And that's one of the reasons I kind of make fun of them is because to me, it's like they seem so disconnected from any notion of reality. But here these are like real guys. Starboy's in a T-shirt and shorts. He's in his kind of like, you know, he's just basically just sitting around and his, he's not wearing a costume. Everything about it, I think, is it's just great. Yeah. And it's stories like this that really help people get in touch with the legion you can kind of tell this is why the legion has endured for so many years despite dc not really knowing what to do with them for the past decade or so going going back and seeing uh stories like this it really comes across as well like you said just regular joes you know they're they seem more like people than larger than life figures like superman yeah, yeah, I, 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 I like they would do this briefly in JLA where you would see some of the members hanging out outside of you know being at the satellite, and I always loved that stuff. I mean, we didn't get enough of it, but you would get like a page, you know, where it would be like, oh, here's Hal and Bruce and Clark having a drink, and then you know, of course, Kanjar Row would attack, and then that would be the end of that. But I mean, I wish there was more of that. I kind of like that stuff, and so this is this is a whole issue of that interspersed with the action and all that stuff, but. Yeah, I just think it's uh, it's terrific. I I really am I fl- I am completely um uh, confused at my 12-year-old self that I didn't continue buying the Legion considering they did three great issues in a row. Why this would not lead me to buy number 307, I have no idea. I was a dumb kid. <laughs> well, looking back at, you know, being 12 years old, I could honestly say I'd probably look at this issue and say it was nothing but two people sitting there talking. If this is where the book's going, screw this. Yeah, it's. I could see that. I totally could see that. But even as a kid, I kind of liked this stuff. I, I'm. I was never afraid of kind of talky stories. I mean, I like my action like anybody else. But I don't know. I liked all this humanistic stuff. So this this would have been right in my wheelhouse. So I, I'm gonna have to, and I'm gonna shock everybody. I am going to have to try and find the rest of these Legion comics, either as back issues or in trade, and just see if I continue liking the stories past this 306. Because if I like them, then, then maybe my reputation as a Legion hater will, will finally, you know, start to, start, to, start to fade a little. Well, until you start flying the Legion flag on your front lawn, <laughs> I think you may be stuck with that moniker for a while. I, I have played into it over the many years of Who's Who podcasting, so I know I won't be able to erase it quickly. But, you know, who knows? Maybe I can get a T-shirt or something. <laughs> well, I hear you're being slowly converted on Transformers, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, if if I had a blazer, the one that, like, William, Derek, William Crab has, but it had the Legion on the back, but it looked as cool as the one Derek has, I would wear it. I would totally wear it. Well, I think anybody would. You know, it wouldn't matter if you even knew what the Legion was. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you get that Elvis, that Elvis Eva Knievel thing and just put Legion on the back. I, I'd be totally down with that. That sounds pretty sweet. Somebody get on that. Yeah, somebody make that for me. Come on. <laughs> uh, no, I like I like all this stuff. I didn't know that, um, Back going back to the story a little, Like I didn't know that Starboy killed somebody. 
I'm guessing that's that's from Legion history, and they're not just sort of like this isn't um, Paul Levitt's retrofitting stuff. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. I'm guessing most of this, all the stuff actually happened in previous Legion comics. Yeah, that that is from Legion history. That's like the big thing for Starboy. If okay. You know, yeah, it's like if you know nothing else, you know he has a beard, has that really cool costume, and that he killed somebody and that he got drummed out of the Legion for it. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty gutsy storyline to have done in the 60s. So, yeah, I, I liked all that stuff. I liked the full-page montage that Kurtzman does of the, the subs attacking the, the, um, the, the bank robbers. Like, you see Nightshade and – or not Nightshade. Uh, what's her name? Who was the girl? The one that looks like uh, – Shadow Lass. Sh- is it? No, not no. Shadow Lass. Night oh, Girl. Night, Night Girl. Girl. Night. Okay. Night Girl, he's like her. She's smacking the guy. Dream Girl's punching the other guy. And Sun Sun Kid or whatever that guy is. Fire Hair, whatever the hell the name is. He's melting uh, the, the getaway car. Like, all that stuff's really cool. Um, and then the, the page right after it where it's Giffen again. And he does all the reverse where all the silhouettes are in white. And the background is the star field. Like, that's terrific looking. Um, like I said, it's it's really well done. And again, it's hard to do with Wildfire that you can get any sort of facial reaction. Because, of course, he's just a... You know, he's got that helmet on. It's just a sheet of glass. But uh, I like that you see the reflection of the election scoreboard in his face. I think that's a nice touch. Uh, and I, li- I like the idea that the um, element lad won due to write-in votes. Like the Legion allows that. I think that's funny that you can write in your own candidate. I think that's all that's really cool. Somewhere in Legion history, there's probably somebody holding up <laughs> Dewey wins on a newspaper. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And on the letters page, they talk about that. I guess they had they, they left the, the leadership up to the readers and readers are the ones who selected Element Lad. So it was by the readers who uh, it says here Element Lad won 77 votes, Dream Girl 52, Ultra Boy 40, Brainiac 5, 37. So it was actually the, the readers that decided who was going to be the next leader of the team, which I think is great. I love that's a really fun idea, too. I wish the JLA had done it. I would have voted for Aquaman every time. <laughs> literally a write-in vote yeah i just would have been like aquaman i've just like flooded the inbox aquaman, aquaman, aquaman. like all right kid enough stop is this like the time that you called 47 times voting for jason todd to die yeah exactly my parents got a phone bill of like 500 dollars. what the hell is this <laughs> okay do you have any regrets about this issue anything that you'd like to see changed or just no, no, I don't think so. I think I said I think it's really well done. I, I mean, part of it is the I like that they admit in the letters page again that like they partly did this to give Keith Giffen like half the month off. Like that's kind of funny that they're just upfront and they're like, look, Keith needed some time off, so we're we you know let him take a break. But I think creatively, this is a really brilliant way to do it. And so many old like Marvel comics in the seventies back when they were having to shove reprints in every other month, it would be so cheesy because it would be like. Dr. Strange would be on a train and it would be like, you know, the first page would be drawn by the current book artist. And then he'd be like, you know, this train ship reminds me of the time I fought Duramamu. And then they would flash back to Steve Ditko artwork for 20 pages. Uh, and they were trying to hide the fact that they were running a reprint. But here, you know, they're they're up front. But I think creatively, Levitt's found a great way to a, a make news because you're voting in a new Legion leader. Like they're actually something actually does happen in this story as opposed to it just being a filler but then, you know, you also give Keith half a month off. So I think that's – it's great. I think it's a really, really cool. I'm really impressed by this comic. Really? The only thing I can think that anybody might get turned off on is just, like you said, the fact that it is 
a flashback story and that is two two guys talking. So mm-hmm. if that's not somebody's thing, then I could see them kind of skipping this issue. But even then, like you said, you know the the Legion election happens, so it does move the story forward ever so slightly. Yeah, they something they're actually it's not everybody isn't just set back to zero. Something genuinely happens. And the other thing I do want to mention about um. The thing I like about Giffen is I love his versions of the Legion tech. Like a lot of the tech stuff looks like the tech we have now. You know what I mean? Like if you look at Star Trek in the 60s, the original series, that tech looks so outdated compared to what we have already. You know, like their communicators are these clunky looking things and they're way less sleek than what we have as, as iPhones. But I, I love like the floating scoreboard. Like it looks like something you'd see in an Apple store. It has that look. It looks. It looks like it, it could potentially be our future. So, um, I think visually, uh, Giffen did, did a great job here. I mean, Giffen's really known as an, a writer now. Probably the whole generation of people that think of him as a writer. But he was a real fan favorite, uh, you know, in the '70s and '80s, and with good reason. He was a really great visual artist. Yeah, I gotta agree with you on all of that. Okay, so. You have anything else to add at the end? Um, no, I don't think so. I will uh, find Legion number three hundred seven and three hundred eight, and I will report back via social media what I think about them. Okay, you heard it here, folks. Uh, <laughs> Rob is slowly converting <laughs> to Legion love. <laughs> I won't be writing articles for the Legion of Super Bloggers anytime soon, but but I I will at least give further issues of this series a chance. No, but you might want to start taking notes for that article in back issue. I no, I will never write about Legion of Superheroes with that. Oh come on! How I, I love to learn the Legion. Those are a lot. Yeah, there we go. Right. Okay. Well, maybe if I don't have to write anything about storylines, if I just write like a diary entry, I could do that. Yeah. Those things are a lot of work. Those back issue articles are a lot of work. All right. Well, before you scamper off to start back issue diving, <laughs> as a first time guest, you do have a quiz to go through. Oh boy. It's relatively painless. I think Gregor Rougeau is finally healed up. Okay. All right. I'll ask him. <laughs> All right. So, first off, since you're not a coffee drinker, what do you consider your beverage of choice? Slurpees. <laughs> All righty. Question two. Betty or Veronica? Betty. Do I have to give a reason? Can I just say no, Betty? No, you don't have to. Okay. No. okay. Right. Reason, I don't trust. I just don't trust Veronica. <laughs> okay. Question three. You, <clears throat> excuse me. Do you prefer the Wolfman Perez Titans or Claremont Burn X Men? Wolfman Perez Titans. Claremont Burn X Men is great, but Wolfman Perez Titans. Alrighty. Question four. Which comic book character or series is most in need of an animated or live-action adaptation? I would love to see. Um, I would love to see an animated Sugar and Spike cartoon. I think that would be really adorable. Maybe not as a long form, but like shorts or something. I think that would be uh, really cute. I think Dead Man would make a great movie. Um, I think the idea of a guy that can go into people's body, like I think visually as a movie, that would be gangbusters. Uh, so I think movie wise, dead man, but uh, TV wise, I would do like an animated sugar and spike. I think that would be cool. Hmm. 
Okay, that, that's original. And, and maybe as live action uh, TV series, uh, Sugar and Spike, as they were done just recently as adults, as like paranormal detectives. I think that would might be kind of fun too, because you could do that on a, on a lower budget. <laughs> okay. All right, question five. Villain most in need of decaf. Uh, ooh, villain? I should have been prepared for this because I've heard this quiz before. Villain most in need of a de- I, um, um, I just, I, I think maybe, like, the Joker. Like, I, I think they've, I, I think that's probably the writers. Like, they're just, like, taking him further and further ex- into extreme places where he's cutting his own face off and doing, like, all right, just, all right, calm down. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he just, he could just go back to, like, you know, doing crazy crimes with giant typewriters and abandoned amusement parks and stuff. Like, I I, I would love to see him scaled back a little. I'll agree with that 110%. Yeah. Okay, question six. Who is the best super pet? The, uh, I mean, Ace should be up there because he had a secret identity, which was awesome. But I really have to give it to, um, I think, well, I, you know what? I shouldn't play favorites. My favorite would be Salty the Aqua Dog because the shrine helped name him. <laughs> um, but the best pet has really got to be Crypto because he has all those powers. So you don't have to worry about him as much. You know, he can he's out there and with super strength and super speed. Plus, I love dogs. So. Oh, come on. We can give Salty an honorable mention. Sean, it's Salty gets an honorable mention. Yes, absolutely. All right. Question seven. Who wins in a fight? Mighty Mouse or the George Reeves Superman? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I probably... I, hmm, I think Superman. I think George Reeves Superman. He would find a way to like subtly defeat Mighty Mouse. But Mighty Mouse was carrying five elephants in one hand. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. That might be a toss-up. I don't know. I, I think... I think Superman would find a way to subdue him in a in a in the most polite way possible. <laughs> okay. And from the final question, which has come to be known as the Professor Allen question, would you rather a lifetime of twenty five cent comics, but Doctor Doom has a grudge against you, or comics are highly expensive, but Doctor Doom owes you a favor? You know, I heard you ask this question in a previous episode, and I had one answer, and then I've, I've shifted over to the other answer. My first answer was I would want Doom to owe me a favor, uh, but then I realized he would completely renege on that if he, if he tried to call him in on it. So what what's the what's the what are the comics? If uh, what, what's the other alternative? Comics are comics are a quarter, but Doom has a grudge against you. Okay, I'll take the well. The comics being a quarter would be awesome. And I'm not worried about Doom having a grudge because he can't ever accomplish anything. Anyway. He's been trying to kill. He's been trying to kill Reed Richards for 50 years. and been able to do it. No, I would. I would go with quarter comics and uh, grudge. Uh, Doom having a grudge against me. I would. That would be great to go back to having a dollar and being able to get four comic books. That would be super cool. <laughs> okay, so that is the quiz. Hopefully, you survived the experience. Do I get to? Do you correct the answers now, or do you do it later and then you send me the results? Uh, I have to send those off to a third party. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I've been accused of cooking the books. Fair enough. Alrighty, so Rob, I'm sure everybody listening knows who you are and where you've been and what you do. But if you'd like to plug anything, this is the chance. 
All right. Well, I do a bunch of shows all over on the network, the Fire and Water Podcast Network, which can be found at fireandwaterpodcast.com. There I co-host the Fire and Water Podcast. I co-host Digest Cast. I co-host uh, – what else? Is the, do I co-host anything? Oh, Who's Who, of course. And then I host Film and Water Podcast, uh, Pod Dylan, the Treasury Cast, and I co-host the Power Records Podcast with Chris Franklin and the Superman Movie Minute Podcast but also with Chris Franklin. So all my shows are available over there, fireandwaterpodcast.com. All righty. And uh... – I won't make you rattle off all your Twitter handles because we all know that you're every third person. So yeah, just p- randomly p- any any except real Donald Trump I, uh, is probably my Twitter account. I thought that was Shags. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. We haven't heard from him in a while because he's busy moving to an undisclosed location. So who knows? <laughs> all right, well, Rob. I do appreciate you being on here. You are the person who gave me a start in podcasting. So. It's a pleasure to have you on here. That's not legally binding in any way. I cannot be blamed for this. So <laughs> just saying. But but thank you very much, Clinton. I appreciate it. I enjoy the show, and you've been a good friend to the network all this time. And uh, so I want to thank you. I, I will say, like, when I tweet out uh, our new episodes, I tend to do it very early in the morning, like 5.15 in the morning because I'm up. And the first retweet we always get is from you, and I, I do pay attention to that. So I, I thank you. Well, part of it helps with working overnight, so. I assume you're just drinking coffee a lot and you're up. You know, you're just like all jittery and stuff. And you're like, eh, eh, okay, and then you just retweet stuff. That's what I assumed it was for. That actually did happen a couple weeks ago. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Not going to lie. I, yep. I was, I, yeah. <laughs> all right, so once again, Rob, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for being here. I'm going to take another quick promo break while you scurry away, and I'll be back with listener feedback in Espresso Yourself. The Film and Water Podcast, a weekly show about movies old and new, hosted by obsessive movie nerd Rob Kelly and a rotating series of special guests. From sci-fi to horror, dramas to family films, comedies to adventure epics, we watch it all. The Film and Water Podcast is part of the Fire and Water family of podcasts, available weekly at fireandwaterpodcast.blogspot.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. some coffee. What do you want? Some uh, milk or uh, what? Milk? Coffee's fine. Yeah, I drink it. I'm hip. I don't know. This is espresso, you know? It's like coffeezilla. I said I'm hip. All right, it's time for the feedback portion. Lots of Twitter favorites and retweets and Facebook likes and shares this time around. If I missed anybody, please let me know. And if I say your name wrong, also let me know that, please. On Twitter, we got favorites and retweets from Film and Water Podcast, Shannon Stamey, Professor Frenzy, Greg Arujo, Lamont Cranston at The Shadow 1931, Comics in the Golden Age, Trekker Talk, Eli at Elk Knight 20, Chris of Bat Books for Beginners, Myrna Loy at Myrna Loy Love, Longbox Crusade, Longbox of Darkness, 
Ange, Captain Marvel 75, Warlord Worlds, Paul Hicks of Waiting for Doom, FOF Podcast, and I am Grant Richter. On Facebook, we got likes and shares from Mike Peacock, Jerry Green, Gene Hendricks, Ruth Baker Reese, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, and Michael Carlisle. There was no direct feedback on the last episode, but that's okay. Still no new iTunes reviews, which is such a shame. Why is it a shame? Well, for one, because I have an ego that coffee can only do so much to inflate. But the real reason... Well, you might remember that little announcement I promised last episode. Well, here it is. It's time for a contest. That's right, folks. I'm giving away a copy of Detective Comics number 670, signed by Barry Kitson. I had the opportunity to meet Mr. Kitson back in October, and he was kind enough to sign quite a few comics for me, and I figured I could pass along the fun. So for this contest, all you need to do is leave an iTunes review for this podcast. It doesn't have to be any number of stars, or even anything favorable. I don't want anybody to lie. Speak your minds, people! After you leave that review, please email me at coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com so I know for sure it's there. All previous iTunes reviews are eligible. And did I mention that this contest is open to international listeners, too? That's right, all my non-U.S. listeners. But what if I don't do the iTunes thing? Well... That makes me a little sad. Can you hear my heart breaking? Can you? But if you really can't do the iTunes part, uh, just shoot me an email with what your review would be. Tell me how you listen, Stitcher, directly off the website, that kind of thing. And I'll consider it an entry. The contest will run until January 31st, 2018. And I will hopefully, be able to announce a winner in February. So come on, people, get those reviews in there. This issue needs a good home. So with that, that'll close out our feedback portion and the episode. So again, thanks for listening. I appreciate every one of you. Get those emails and and reviews and everything in there. I really want to hear from you guys. I really want this to be big. So, until next time, remember, this is the place where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. Now you're dealing with a professional here.